subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. It is a, I don't know if I'd call it a winter wonderland here across Arkansas, but it's what people are kind of chatting about this morning. Well, guys. I'm getting pictures here. My uh, my oldest daughter, who's 27, we were talking about Kiffin in that last segment, and uh, I'm 48, same age as him, so you do all that math. Yeah, he's, he's old enough. Another text. Um, on I'm the- getting texts from her with uh, pictures. You know, it's a little, little slushy in some parking lots. The roads are clear this morning, and... Uh, it's in the 30s, guys. It, it's going to snow. It's going to be pretty this morning. Chuck, my guess is by lunchtime, it's all melted away. Well, it may not even take that long, but it's nice this morning. It's pretty. People like it. People talk about the snow when it's falling. I do. We're all like little kids. At least I am for a little while. And um, But, yeah, it's uh, it's not going to last. This, 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 is, this, is, this is not going to be a winter event. This is an old man snow right here because the roads are clear. <laughs> Tommy's so grumpy this morning. I'm not Tommy's anti snow. No, no. no, 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 no. I love the snow, but this doesn't, you know, keep you from doing everything else you want to do. No, so. you're right. You're that's right. A, it's a, an old man snow here. You, you know, I don't have to. I don't have to be uh, cooped up while uh, you know there's five inches of ice on the on the ground. Speaking of old men, we're like you got some text. I also got a text from a friend of mine that he's 43. His wife is 28. <laughs> So I guess Come that, on, guys. That, that, I got to get to the mall and get my my laps in this morning. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man. This got my good Velcros on. I got to go do some laps at the mall. Jeez. <laughs> do you have a Fitbit that keeps track of your uh, your steps? No, too? I just got one of them deals that if I fall and I can't get up, it'll, uh, it'll alert somebody. I don't think you're going to meet any 26-year-old girls walking the mall. No. Or, you will. Probably you are. I'm not. And, and, and to be clear. I'm not in the market for that either. I hear you. You are. In case my wife is listening, I am not in the market for that. You are dressed from head to toe in Lululemon, it looks like, right now. Thank you for noticing. Congratulations. You're starting to, again, immerse yourself in some younger people's clothing, which is now... What do you mean? Younger people's clothing? It was was predominantly... this is the brand of Chuck Barrett and Tommy Kraft. We mean younger people. And Dan, well, it's again we've ingratiated it into our audience, mm-hmm. and but predominantly it was a, before we brought Lululemon into the Morning Rush fold. It was across Arkansas, I, more of a. My I did not friend. know this, but I had someone in a golf shop tell me this the other day. Lululemon is now the number one golf apparel in the country. I'm not talking fashion with either one of you guys. Well, I'm looking at what I know. You, right I know now. you can't get in our game. I understand. I understand. You're you're exactly right. You know, we don't I, have I, a university that just stocks fashion. our closet. You know, monthly. I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, be, you know, yeah, but that's the that's the picture I'm painting. This yeah, morning. you know, Chuck. You know what would be nice is there's this thing called hand me downs where you you know you pass down to your little brother and whatever. Well, you should just pass down the stuff, the Arkansas stuff you don't wear anymore to yeah. me and Tommy because I know you're stocked. Well, it's available on eBay. Yeah. Can you wear a large? Can you wear a large? Yeah, I'm a large. All right. We're the same well, I got size. Some things you can have. Perfect. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Well, I, I wear a large too. Chuck. Yeah. We. Uh, <laughs> but you make enough money where you can buy all your stuff. I'm still again just trying to. Yeah. 
put food on the table yeah, at this point. Yeah. It's a struggling, you must have a big table, it's son. A struggling radio. <laughs> you must have a big table. <laughs> at this point. Well, I'll tell you, is, uh, do you want to get a read in or do you want me to just start? Oh, let's just move on. Okay. We've forced around enough. Well, I know I'll tell you he's not struggling, and that's Quinshaw Judkins, who allegedly made a considerable amount of money yesterday. And Chuck, I don't know if you saw the news, he has entered the transfer portal. Lane Kiffin, he yeah. didn't seem to have a care in the world. He's fishing right now. Um, but this is going to be one of the more highly coveted players, not just in the Fishing SEC, what, but <laughs> he doesn't have to fish for women, that's for sure, uh, but in college football. Well, you know, we'll see about that. Yes, from a talent perspective, he is. But I don't know that, um, you know, I don't sense any panic down there. I mean, sometimes guys, and it's interesting, the two players that went into last football season, the two running backs – Thought to be the two best in the SEC, Judkins and Rocket. Neither one of them had great years. Both of them are in different spots. Now, Judkins came on late when he finally decided he wanted to play. And I think the people at Ole Miss would tell you the same thing, word for word, when he decided he wanted to play. So, yes, he's a great player. And somebody's going to pay him a lot of money. And this is what goes on in college football right now. I mean, you have a great year. It doesn't mean that, hey, we're going to be even better next season. It means I'm going out into the open market. <laughs> you know, that's what having a good season well, means now. What, what having a good season means is we better have a good enough season to raise enough money to keep the guys we want. Yeah. Because it's going to be a fist fight. Because if you're good, everybody's coming after your best because that's what they need to get on your level. So... I mean, you're Michigan. I think if Ole Miss had really wanted to fight to keep Quinshawn Judkins, they could have and would have. I think this was one of those marriages that simply ended. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. One, and one of the things I was speculating about is how much money does he potentially open up because they've already dominated thus far in the transfer portal and what could his... Was Ole Miss better in the year Judkins rushed for 1500 or in the year when he didn't? Uh, that would be this year when he exactly. rushed for like 1,200. Exactly. Now, now, look, he came on at the end. I'm not saying he's not a great player, but I'm saying when you go out in the portal, as we have seen, you better find guys who fit what you are doing. For example, Quinshawn Judkins in some programs, I can't see it. If you're a me guy, now a lot of these guys we are witnessing right now, their transformation into me guys, and he may be one of them. But I do think he's a great football player, and I do think he's going to command a lot of money in the NIL market, but I don't think it's going to be as much as he thinks. I think Nick Saban is one of the few, if not the only coach in college football, that can take a me guy and transform him into it team guy it's weird how i don't get the same sense like for example bryce young and will anderson oh i think harbaugh's done it i think great coaches do it i i just i was amazed that last year they're playing kansas state in that no one gives a crap bowl and he still convinced bryce young and will anderson to play who are both i think top five picks and you don't see that in college football everyone else is opting out to that point i think again i was you heard it was the sugar bowl but I'll say it wasn't just a. In today, I mean, that was the sugar. Bowl. But in today's day and age, we're seeing the Fiesta Bowl. We're seeing in the Rose Bowl. We're seeing guys opt out that in bowls that you never well, thought were the case. Saban's a great coach, but I wouldn't anoint him God because Anderson and uh, Young played in that game. I mean, that was the Sugar Bowl, and um, I hear what you're saying. 
And it but, was a trip to New Orleans. That someone but I, I, I don't. Uh, I, I don't. There's a lot of things to give Saban credit for. I, I, I don't know that that's one of them. Well, running back position in the National Football League is has been diminished these last couple years. We hear the phrase "a dime a dozen." I wonder if that same kind of line of thinking is thought in college football. I know that again, Arkansas lost AJ no. Green and Rocket Sanders, but you're excited about. They're not uh, a dime a dozen. You don't think so? Not the good. Not one. in college football. You no, think it's I, I don't. Uh, well, because teams te- teams run the ball more, and uh, you're not a professional. You know, you don't have a professional quarterback who can throw the football and run offenses the mm. way professional quarterbacks right. can. The quarterbacks are not advanced like that, and so yeah, you run the ball a lot. Running backs are very valuable. You know, frankly, Quinshaw Judkins has more of a guarantee. I'm not saying that the money's greater in college than the pros, but his guarantee right now is in college football. There's not a guarantee for him in pro football because, as you said, in the NFL, they're a dime a dozen. And that's not the position that pays the way it once did. I mean, if you last three years at running back, you're a veteran. I mean, a seasoned veteran. Yeah. And um, But, yes, in college football, they're still very valuable. Yeah. And you gave that list earlier. It was a who's who. Georgia, Michigan, Alabama. I mean, Auburn was like the the least on that list. Oregon, I think, was on there. LSU, Florida State. Mm-hmm. Guys, any thought, any chance? I mean, Arkansas needs a, a feature back. Any any chance? I think that he, he would pit- end up at Oregon. Okay. That, I mean, would, I that would be I my early that. guess. And it's just a guess. Yeah. 100% a guess. He seems like a fit for Oregon. Uh, with that speed, I mean, he's one of the, the better speed running backs in college football. But I'm curious. So no chance it. he could be in Fayetteville. I don't know. I, I, have, I have no idea. I don't think that they're going to take that sizable investment because I think it would take near a million dollars to probably get him here. Probably You'd have to empty the vault. Yeah. It might take more than that. And, I don't know. And I don't know. What we've heard, and at least when been presented with data, is that quarterbacks, marquee quarterbacks, are anywhere from one to two million dollars. I think he's probably close to that seven-figure point. I don't know if he'll 100% get it, but I just don't know if you want to spend all that money well, on that. you probably didn't have to go go deep, go large on a quarterback like others have had to do. So you might have a, a little more money to throw around from that perspective, but Arkansas's, you know, had to go get players in other areas. I'd, I would doubt they had to give Green a, a million bucks like people have talked about the marketplace being. This is such a here. screwed up system. Isn't it? I mean, it is it so is. screwed up. I, I mean, you think about these people at Ole Miss. They're, and look, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for Ole Miss fans, <laughs> but they're invested in their program emotionally, financially, uh, a lot of people financially, virtually everybody that follows him's invested emotionally. You got a great player. He's had a great year for you. You know, he struggled at the outset, stood with him, said he'll be back, he'll get it done, and by golly, he did. They had a great year. And um, then right at the end, after, I mean, life's good, man. You've won your bowl game. I mean, life's good. They're never, never been happier down there at Ole Miss. And then he just ups and says, hey, man, I'm going to the highest bidder. I mean, we are screwed up. And I'm going to tell you, at some point, fans are going to revolt. All these college administrators think that the sheep are going to follow forever. They're not. They're not. No, you're right. There's going to be a point where enough's going to be enough. Yeah. So does this lead us to a place where we we have multi-year NIL arrangements? Meaning, hey, we don't have to worry about this guy leaving. He can't go to the NFL because he hasn't had enough seasons under his belt. But we have, we, do we get to a point where we have multi-year NIL we deals? We act like the schools have leverage. They don't. 
The players have all the leverage. Well, we act like the schools can set can, or, or the, uh, uh, the 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 teams, the NILs, the collectives, whatever you want to call it. We act like they are in the position of strength and they can set the rules. It's not that way. The players have everything on their side, from court rulings to public opinion. They have everything on their side. Fans are entertained by the portal. It's the most entertaining thing for a college football fan that happens aside from the games themselves. And (laughs) it's fueling all discussion right now. It's keeping college football at the forefront. Um, But... Well, back it to what is I so asked, though, screwed up. Is there a marketplace? Is there a desire from a player's perspective? I mean, because not everybody's a superstar. Is there a desire from the schools to do multi-year NIL well, deals he, at some point? Would, I, would, would that make? Does what I'm saying? I don't, I does don't what know I'm how saying you, even make sense. No, it makes sense, but I don't know. Somebody, somebody would have to be the first to do it. I think everybody probably operates from the standpoint. It'll cost us recruits uh, here, because somebody else won't require it. You know, mm-hmm. look, Tommy, everything that you're saying makes perfect sense. And that's what's so screwed up about this. Everything that does make sense yeah. can't even be considered because you're so afraid of what an 18-year-old, 19, 20-year-old kid might do. I mean, these kids are holding these grown-ups hostage. They are. And it's, it's, it, it's incredible. The Judkins thing for me is, is uh, and again, I, I, I have no real sympathy for Ole Miss. But when I look at this, um, if, if this is not the epitome of what's wrong with college football right now, I don't know what is. So I, when you said that, first thing that kind of sparked in my brain was the long-term contracts in the National Football League, NBA, and MLB. A lot of players want that money secured. Yeah. So I would say that if you present it that way, it's like you have security. You're not just on a one-year deal. You get injured, potentially, and then you lose that NIL money for a year or two. You have that security aspect. But what if you make a bad decision, Ty? What if you evaluate poorly? Mm -hmm. As a business owner and NIL guy or a player? Well, what if if you say, man, this guy's good. We're going to lock him down. We're going to sign him to a three-year NIL deal, and then he sucks. Well, that's – I mean, the NFL, I mean, that happens in the National Football League. You sign it, and sometimes – They have a lot more money to work with here, and they earn their money as a team. They don't ask people to give it to them. So from an Arkansas perspective, perfect player, you'd want a a two-year deal. Luke Haas. You know, Luke has. Isn't that a guy, you know, if you could lock him down on two more years, you'd absolutely do that. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking after a freshman why year. Would Lou, uh, why would a player who already holds all the cards, why would he agree to well, do that? the old adage of a bird in the hands worth two in the bush. Well, you know, it's just when like there's back, another it's, school that says we're not yeah, going to make you do that, I mean, why would you do it? Because it's what Ty said. What if you What if you do get injured? What if, what if things don't pan out, you know? I hear you. So, and some and players I, and don't want to leave. Sense. And some players love where they're playing, don't want to leave. It's their school. I mean, I'm not saying it's a fit for every situation. I'm just saying I think we're headed to a situation where you got a player that you're going to invest a lot in. That's Hey, if I'm going to give you the million when you should get 600000 here's what you got to negotiate back in return. So I don't disagree with that, but I think it's going to be awfully hard to convince a transfer portal quarterback or a player like Quinshawn Judkins, that that's a good deal. I don't. I just. I just. I just. I just don't think you're going to be able to do that. I want to go back to Quinshawn Judkins just for a sec. And there were several SEC schools I listed as possibilities that Brad Crawford laid out, who frankly nailed the KJ Jefferson landing spot. I 
Ole Miss fans, I think, are going to be irritated regardless across Mississippi. But the sting, again, is only going to hurt worse if he goes to not just an SEC school, but was a longtime SEC West opponent like LSU or Auburn, which I don't have Ole Miss's yeah. schedule in front of me this next year. I don't have as much of an issue with guys transferring as some do. What irritates me is when it's interconference and interdivision you can't prevent. Nope. But that's when I get more. Like, K.J. Jefferson, I was pumped for K.J. He's going to Orlando. He's going to have a good time. His final year. We don't have to play him. Arkansas don't have to play him. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal to me. I think it was amicable for, for both parties. <laughs> but I don't like when, like, Chris Paul will welcome him in November 2nd. I hate that we have to play him because he's a good player and he's going to cause you problems in that game. That's where I get irritated. Well, I mean, that's... Uh you know, free agents move around in professional sports, and they go to rival teams a lot, and that's why you boo them when they come back to town. <laughs> and uh, I would imagine that a lot of that will go on, too. Chuck, Dallas Cowboys have a chance for the NFC East title this week. And as they go to Washington this Sunday, 325 on Fox, they can clinch the NFC title with the win or a tie and a Philly tie or a Philadelphia loss this weekend who are going up to New York to take on the Giants. How are you feeling this weekend? Are they going to get it done? You feeling confident? Yeah, I think they win it. I think they win. I mean, I really haven't thought about it a lot, but yes, I think they beat the Reds or the, uh, uh, what are they? Washington. I think they beat Washington. The Commanders. On uh, Sunday. They've changed teams that are changed names a lot yeah, I know. at this point. I know. Yeah. There's a lot of, again, Bills have a chance to make the playoffs. We've, we're seeing things with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, this is a huge weekend for the National Football League in terms of who we're going to see matchup-wise and who's just going to end up in the playoffs this year. Yeah, it's the last weekend, and then it, uh, you know, I guess if the Cowboys win, they'll have two chances to play at home. You know, if they can last that long, they would have opportunities to play at home where they've not lost this year. I think for some teams, home field matters a lot. Uh, for other teams, probably not as much. Uh, if you can get on a fast track, sometimes it doesn't matter if you're at home or on the road. But if you're dealing with weather or a team that's especially good in their own stadium, sometimes it matters a lot. Tommy, you and I were talking before the show about Baltimore. They added Dalvin Cook to their practice squad to solidify their running back room, which is already one of the best rushing tacks in the NFL. They crushed San Francisco earlier this year, a couple weeks ago. They are the favorite right now. You feeling confident that that's the team that wins the Super Bowl well, the way think, Lamar Jackson's I, playing? I don't know. They win the That's the team to beat, though. I mean, that, that's the... That's that's the Tiger Woods teeing it up before the tournament begins. Kind of kind of feel. I, I feel like they're the favorite, and it's it's really a conversation about who's number two, three, and four maybe on the list. And honestly, guys, I mean, outside of San Francisco, is there anybody in the NFC you can see really challenging? And I'm not sure really in the AFC who can go who can go to Baltimore and well, win. Well, here, here, here's that's a good question. Who can go to Baltimore and win? There, there's there's no doubt that's going to be tough. But if you look at the NFL this year, I mean, there's been a point in the year where hey, we thought the Eagles were going to repeat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's been a point in the year where nobody's going to beat the 49ers. Um, now we're at the point in the year when the Ravens certainly are the team to beat. I, I don't question that for a minute. My point is we still got another month, five weeks before this thing's over. So can they sustain this? Um, sometimes playoffs and postseasons take on lives of their own. And but if if you were to say right now you've got to put some money down on somebody, I'd say put it on Baltimore. Yeah, and I mean, 
Their defensive line is, you know, we saw what happened against the 49ers, but it's still about Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, it's, as long as he's healthy and he's upright and he's playing good, they got a chance. And, and that you could insert quarterback name and team in a lot of places, but particularly him, he looks like he's going to be league MVP, maybe unanimous league MVP, and maybe this year even secure his spot somewhere down the road in the Hall of Fame with the kind of season he's having. You know, Harbaugh's done a good job there over the years, John Harbaugh. That's a goofy bunch, those Harbaugh's. <laughs> but uh, I'll give them credit. I, I mean, they have uh, they've both really built, you know, good good football programs, not just good football teams. Mm-hmm. And played with good foot or coached good football players, but, but good football programs. Yeah, we were talking about you could have the Harbaugh College Football National Championship and the Harbaugh Super Bowl all in, yeah, in about well. a four-week period. They get to watch their parents on TV from now to the middle of February. They're funny. All they need is one of the Harbaugh's to date uh, Taylor Swift, and they just have it all then. They'd have everything. Yeah. He, here's Big Mike brings up something I wanted to bring up. So Lamar's resting this weekend against the Steelers, it sounds like. Uh, he's going to be off for three weeks. Guys, I got, I got news for you. I think that's a good point. That's, I mean, here's and here's the other thing. Lamar hasn't been great in the playoffs. He's been really good at the regular season at times, but I'm taking two over him in the playoffs. I'm taking Josh Allen over him in the playoffs, and I'm taking Patrick Mahomes absolutely. Even well, and they're all they're all going to Baltimore for that game, and I would take any of those three guys in the AFC. Now, if they get to the Super Bowl, I'd probably still favor the Ravens and Lamar. But I'm taking those three AFC well, quarterbacks. You're taking in. Tua in Baltimore mm-hmm. yep. to win that game, especially after what happened me? last week. Yep. You watched Baltimore's or defense two weeks ago, whatever it was. <laughs> You're saying Tua and the Dolphins are going. If they go to Baltimore, are going to beat Lamar Jackson yep. and the Ravens. Yep. Okay. I'm taking Tua, taking Josh Allen, and I'm taking Patrick Mahomes to win that. So you football. think the Ravens are going out in the first round? Well, it's technically would be the, the second week. If they well, it's their first game. Yeah, their first game. If they match up against one of those quarterbacks, yeah. Well, okay. sit on our fifth man Friday picks. All right. in, in defense, though, just to balance the conversation, you did say the Hogs would win at Baton Rouge and in Tuscaloosa. And they lost year. by three in both games. And we Alabama got, was going to lose, what, three or four times this year? How well, many times they, uh, It was so. supposed to be nine and three, but they went in, a bit, in abysmal 11 and two. So I was, clo- <laughs> I was close. And the coach should be fired, 12, right? Was Wasn't it that your take earlier this week? No, I was just saying that college football's caught up to Nick Saban, which it has. And if you don't think that, what you're long ago you're saying he, uh, you know, the disappointment of the season, he should be fired. You know, so uh, I'm, I want to get him fired because I'm sick of him. So whatever it takes to get his get his butt. Well, in the game's passing by. Yeah. Let him stay. Yeah, exactly. It makes easier competition. <laughs> the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas, is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore. He's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785. 531-2785. Online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm. If they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. Baseball. 
BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right down to UFC and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V. B L E A V. Bet online. Where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, let's talk to Coach Jimmy Dykes, ESPN SEC Network analyst who's on call for the Arkansas game tomorrow against Auburn along with Tom Hart. Coach, we appreciate you making some time for us this morning. I know Arkansas's had the the better success of, of Auburn as of late, one, four of five. How much of a coaching matchup is this from an entertainment standpoint watching Pearl and Musco at it tomorrow? You got the two coaches in the league, Ty, that are more than capable of taking their shirt off during the game. <laughs> I mean, it starts with that. I mean, if you, had, if you had to rank the guys most likely to do it, it's 1A and 1B, and they're wired very similar, very, very similar in how they market their program, how they engage with their fan base, how hard they recruit, just all, the, the personality, the big personalities that they are, how hard their teams play. I think they both probably value we play harder than you and we step on the floor as much as anybody out there, not just in this league, but across college ball. They they really emphasize that you're, you're not going to play harder than us. You might, you might beat us, but you're not going to play harder than us. Uh, so it's a, it's, it's a big-time matchup day one in the SEC. And there's there's big games across the country. There's big games in the league. But I don't think there's a bigger game in the SEC to start with than Auburn and Arkansas with what's at stake for both teams. I'm excited about Ole Miss and Tennessee. Also, Kentucky going on the road at Florida as well. But, again, this game tomorrow at 1 o'clock at Bud Walton is going to be very, very appetizing. As far as the SEC is concerned, Jimmy, I think the expectation was it was going to be a strong conference this year. Is it down relative to your preseason expectations? And how much could conference play kind of change your opinion on that? No, it's it's not. Um I said early before we, we we began play that I thought the league this year would be a minimum of eight NCAA teams come out of it, and it could be as high as ten. And I think they're still tracking that number. And our latest bracketology at ESPN has, I believe, nine teams out of the SEC in it, and Arkansas is not one of them, which tells you how good the league has been in non-conference. Now, there have been some losses that uh, have, have kind of hurt the overall numbers of the league. I think they're still second uh, behind the Big 12. But when you consider that here we are get, getting ready to begin conference play, the SEC has projecting more teams in the NCAA tournament than any other league out there. Uh, I think they're on track. And, you know, the, the fact that uh, Tennessee and Kentucky have hung in there and, and risen back up inside that top 10, and then you got other ranked teams as well. But I'm telling you, there's a bunch of teams right now that we have not seen enough of, like 
like Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Florida. I mean, those teams are good. I've seen them, but I don't think the, the I don't think the nation has seen them as much as they're getting ready to. Those are really good teams. Uh, but I feel if they if they hang in there and they stay away from injuries, or saw a key injury to a kid from Memphis last night. Uh, that that's a big part of it going forward right now. Is can you stay healthy and, and continue to improve? This league's in really good shape. ESPN college basketball analyst Jimmy Dykes with us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Jimmy, as you've watched the, the the season for the Razorbacks and particularly the last three games or so, how has Keon Minifield changed this Razorback offense and this team? What what are the differences, the key differences you've noticed uh, looking through your analyst uh, lens? Well, he's he's a true point guard, and he gives them a, a speed and a quickness and a shiftiness that they've lacked at that spot. I think he sees the game as a as a point guard, which the other guys not not all the time did, uh, because they were maybe out of position a little bit because they've been scorers, more of a scoring guard in the past. Uh, but he keeps people now. I think he simplifies their their role and the number of decisions they have to make. I'm talking about guys like Battle and Mark and Devo. Like when you don't have that point guard decision making on top of everything else you're being asked to do as a shooter, a scorer, a driver, it frees you up a little bit. And must talk about it yesterday, I think, that uh, he has kind of allowed guys to just get right back into their natural DNA, their natural groove, uh, by handling that point guard responsibility. So uh, he, he, was, he, he gave Arkansas a new look. I didn't really get this theme until this UNC Wilmington game, and then I went back and watched their last couple getting ready for this game. But he gives them a different look. Now, are teams going to go at him in the SEC as a defender? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he's six feet tall and he weighs 147 pounds. They're gonna, they are going to go at him, but I think he will hold up and must is smart enough to, to make sure that he can you know have a defensive scheme that, to help if he needs to. But uh, he's a big boost to Arkansas at the right time right now with Auburn, with Auburn coming here on Saturday with two really, really good point guards. Like, there's no drop-off between their 1A and their 1B. Trevor Brazil, you know, c- coming back off of missing nearly all of last year in the, in the ACL injury, uh, what have you seen out of him, and, and what, what do you think his ceiling is before 18 conference games in a postseason is, is done? Yeah, uh, you know, he was, as we all know, a year ago before he got hurt, he was starting to get a lot of talk about a first-round pick or a high first-round pick, you know, so we know the talent's there. You can see it uh, just not on a consistent basis so far this year, but uh, it's interesting, the NBA scouts that I that I talk to, and I the, the ones that I've learned to talk to the last 26 years, the ones that I trust, they've been doing it a long time, and I, I I've seen their opinions hold up. Uh, the the swing skill for him going forward, which I think plays into what Arkansas needs out of him the rest of the year, is how much dog does he have? Does he really, really have in him? And does he really want to fight when the game gets hard? Does he really want to drive it hard through contact when the game gets hard? And he can't just jump up and shoot a jump shot and, and float around on the perimeter. That's what they're looking for from him because he's a six ten, you know, forward in the league. Uh, and you've got to be able to, it's like in football in the SEC, yards after contact, you've got to be able to, to play basketball at this level through contact. And he's got a long first fast step as a driver that I think would really benefit Arkansas in conference play if he went to it more than he has been so far. 
And I, I must talk about it in this press conference. And that's, that's the next step of growth for him. If, if he gets that going, he becomes a guy that gets fouled. You know, he's averaging six or seven fouls per 40 minutes that he plays. And his ceiling is as good as anybody in this SEC. Yeah, and, and you talk about contact at the rim. There's an art to that. You know, this is a game where they're trying to, to to officiate out, you know, penalizing legal defenders that when the offense is create when the offensive players creating the contact, there. How do you go about developing the skill to get to the free throw line when defenders are getting better at being legal as you penetrate the lane and go to the rim? I mean, there's there's a lot more to it than I think a lot of us realize that's going on when you try to drive the lane. Yeah, there is. It's uh, most guys that are getting to the free throw line right now in college ball. They're getting fouled on the drive. They're not getting fouled at the rim. To your point, very good analysis by you. They're getting fouled on the drive. That's what I'm talking about with uh, Brazil because you have to come out and respect his ability to shoot the ball. So he has the luxury now of playing against a defender that's closing out on him because of his shot. And, man, that sets up a shot fake and a rip drive and, and driving hard right right through the guy's hips and all those things that, that get you to the foul line. So uh, those principle of verticality plays at the rim, those defenders going straight up and down right now, there's – there's, there's fewer fouls called at the rim now than there used to be. So as a result, guys that are still getting fouled at a high rate, they're doing it off the bounce. Jimmy Dykes with us here on the McCarty Daniel headline. Coach, you mentioned the term dog with Trem Brazil trying to show more of that. Tommy brought up Keon Minifield. You think about Tremont Mark and Caleb Battle, who we've mentioned as well. Who needs to be the alpha dog if in this group, or is it just going to be a rotation in any given night? Well... Ty, ideally, you want multiple dogs, you know, and, and a dog isn't, isn't your leading scorer. I mean, sometimes it is, but a dog is just that alpha male that his bark is loud in the huddle, his bark is loud out on the floor, like in the, in the locker room, like they're controlling that team, and Muss controls the team. I, I love the fact that Muss is a complete control of his guys, but you got to have multiple guys are also saying the same thing and not afraid to tell Muss, hey, get him out of the game, he's killing us on the defensive end, like you need, you need multiple guys like that. So this is a team that is wired to score and, and it's a much better offensive team in my estimation than they were a year ago. They're, they're faster, they're deeper. They shoot the ball better. Defensively, they're not where most of the teams have been traditionally over the last several years. So this could be a team that has to win a little differently than they have in the past. They had the ability to lock people down, uh, over the last two or three years, and maybe this team can't quite get there. Maybe they win a lot of games this year, ninety to eighty-four, as opposed to you know seventy-nine to seventy-one, uh, and that's okay. You got to figure out what your best team is in, on, on the floor. So, uh, but to answer your question, I, I don't think there's a coach in the country, Ty, that would just say I need one dog. They need you need a bunch of them, man, because you just you can never have too many in a league like this. Well, I agree wholeheartedly with the, the offensive analysis. This team has a lot of pieces that can score any given night. Well, Jimmy, we really appreciate you making some time for us this morning. I know you're busy leading up to this game, and uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. Hopefully it's a it's a barn burner. Okay, guys. I can't uh, can't wait to get there. Bud Walton will be – it's as good as any place in the country when it's full like it will be tomorrow. So thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Again, Jimmy Dykes with us here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Yeah, Chuck, some uh, interesting thoughts there. Uh, uh, from Jimmy, and I think one thing, and in, in, I heard you talking with Derek yesterday afternoon, the, the heat in this rivalry is really there, and there's some some players like 
um, like Devo and like Mitchell that have been around for some of these hot battles going back to a couple of years ago when they stormed the court after beating number one Auburn. What happened down there last year? You brought up the point when Devo um, held on that rim and swung through in that famous moment. If they, if they hadn't rushed the floor, there may have been a fight. I hadn't even thought about that until I heard well, you say that yesterday. There is a little more juice in this rivalry than I think some people realize. Oh, they don't like each other, yeah. period. And uh, you could feel it down at their place last year. Oh, yeah, they remembered Gosh, they... the year before. They remembered. And, and, and I do think, you go back and you look at that tape, you look at the end of that game, mm-hmm. um, and you look at those Auburn players, they were ready to rumble. <laughs> but, then all the, but then all the students hit the floor, and they were outnumbered by a million, and so they left, <laughs> and, and, and as, as any smart person would do. But, um, no, they were uh, – they were mad when it was over, and, and they were laying in wait for Arkansas last year. And, yeah, there's some guys. Look, here's the thing about Auburn. Um, you know, you got guys that have been there. You know, they, they must talked about this. I mean, you got some guys we've seen before. And it seems like, I mean, their Jalen Williams has been there forever. Dylan yeah. Cardwell, he's been there forever. Um, you know, these uh, these Moore. guys are familiar names. Chris Moore. There's others, too. And so, yeah, there's a little uh, there's a little animosity there. Yeah. That's why I think it's going to be a really physical I, game. I, and, I, I agree with and you. And when Jimmy talks about, uh, you know, when he was talking about playing through contact, I know he was speaking in terms of Brazil, but I think you'd probably talk about everybody in this game. All right, let's step back inside the ESPN Arkansas Storm Center where Chief Meteorologist yeah. Chuck Barrett who also uh, monitors the radar and the road conditions is standing by. Yeah, I really do. And if yeah. this sports thing does fall apart, um, weather's always been uh, – that's always been my fallback. Oh, you're a lot, like, a lot, you're a lot more like Ruskin than I realized. So. I've, uh, I've gotten a lot of videos yeah. from uh, people around the area this morning, and uh, I've not stepped out and taken one, but uh, lots of people have. Yeah. And um, – it's nice. It's probably going to be gone by the middle of the day. But in, in all seriousness, there are parts where on the side roads um, and even some of the main roads, I mean, there, there's an issue or two. It's not going to last long. And it's, this is not a, you know, this is not a winter event. But, you know, take it slow. And you'll be fine. Just, and by the middle of the morning, everything will be okay. I need to send Christian out during the break for, for milk and bread. I don't know that I have enough milk and bread at the house. So, I mean, yeah. it's a milk. It's, this is not a milk and bread snow, folks. Arkansans so. are just nuts <laughs> when it comes to any sort of snow. And I include myself in yeah. that category. You know, one, I like snow. One place I'd love to, to be snowed in, so to speak, would be at Gaston's. They bring that firewood and stack it up right there at the cabin bring door. bring everything to you. Yeah, just yeah. bring it to you and you can sit there. I mean, I don't think there's any prettier snow than one falling into water. You know, whether if you had a lake cabin, but hey, if you're at Gaston's, you can watch that snow fall into the White River. Man, what a beautiful day. Uh, that, that would be just Drinking your morning coffee, looking out those big bay windows they have. In let's just go. Let's, yeah, just, let's, let's just up. call it a day and go. Tides <laughs> all, right. all you, man. All right, man. So this is it right now for me and Chuck. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 
Congratulations to former Razorback Center Frank Ragnow getting elected to the Pro Bowl once again. It's the third time that this has happened. Guys, he's nearly played 1,000 snaps this season. He's only allowed one sack. Detroit Lions having their best season in years, and he's a huge part of that. I'm sure all of us were watching that Cowboys game last week when uh, Troy Aikman pointed out and kind of circled him on the telestrator on a key block he picked up in a goal line play, and he got a little love from Troy uh, in that game if, uh, if you were watching. He's a. I, I didn't. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't watch it. To be honest, Tommy. Yeah, so he's a. He's a dude. He got no some question. TV time. Is yeah. what I'm saying. He's a dude. There's no question. And usually, linemen don't get a lot of. Uh, TV time, but he did that day. Yep, so congratulations to him. Uh, Arkansas women's basketball lost their first SEC game this season in Rupp last night, 73-63. to Spencer had a great game with season high, 25 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals. They'll try and respond this Sunday against Georgia in their home mm-hmm. opener at 1 o'clock on the SEC Network. Basketball team in action tomorrow, 1 o'clock. Auburn coming in the building. Don't know about the status 100% yet of Caleb Battle. Sounds like he's going to play, though, for Merrick Mossman earlier this week. Yeah, so he did not practice on Monday. Um, we did go two practices yesterday. We went two practices today, although the format was a little bit different today than what it was yesterday and what it was last week. Uh, he did go through both practices yesterday and today. Sound, that sounds positive. Sounds like he's going to play. He's going to play. Um, and he's going to be, a, again, an important player, as we were talking about with uh, Jimmy Dykes about earlier. It's points to score 20-plus this season. So you got some Auburn tickets remaining tomorrow if you still want to go to the game. And this weather that we've been discussing this morning, Tommy, doesn't sound like it's going to be there tomorrow. Oh, no, I don't think it won't be there this afternoon. I mean, I think the high school games tonight are going to be fine, but uh, just based on the forecast. So yeah, yeah no, no issues getting to the game tomorrow. Uh, last thing here, former Arkansas uh, linebacker Jaheim Thomas is going back to his former coach in Luke Fickle uh, in Wisconsin. He's transferring to Madison, just recently committed to the Badgers and Luke Fickle's football program at this point that's going to do it for your hog update this morning it is brought to you by our friends at mr sparky you don't have to put up with any malarkey call 888 8 sparky all right so we had a great college football playoff semifinal two matchups that were barn they were great they went down to the wire hoping for the same on monday night when washington and michigan battle now it's never happened since the college football playoff started back in 2014 hoping for a change in the final edition of this 14 playoff before we move on to 12 next year and that's going to be featured in our fence man friday picks as we welcome in sean our our friend from the fence man this morning sean i one expected to snow is as much here in the River Valley, but it is uh we got a beautiful uh beautiful day, a beautiful slate of snow outside, man. It really is, and we are uh excited to see it. It's nice for snow the first snow of the season. So uh but that don't stop us. We get out there, we'll mark the lines, we'll get it done, we'll get your fence built. We're gonna keep moving. You got you the have you got the heavy duty coat stuff on this morning, man. Yeah, yeah. It's even got though the, it's uh car hard on. It's not freezing on the streets, but it's the air's still a little chilly, so <laughs> But uh, we're pretty excited. So, All right. Let's get to it. Our Fence Man Friday Picks. Fence Man Friday Picks. Call the Fence Man for all kinds of fences, controlled access, and custom iron projects. 479-782-3936. The Fence Man. We ain't afraid of no work. 
All right, let's start with the national championship game on Monday night. Again, Washington and Michigan, we'll start with just the the spread, and then we'll get to some other parts of this game. Guys, the spread, Washington is a four-and-a-half-point underdog in this one. Tommy, not only do they cover on Monday night, they outright beat the Michigan Wolverines. I'm trusting Michael Penix to get the job done for Kalen Dayboard and the Huskies. You know, following the games on Monday, I've had a com- I've had a complete change of heart. I, I really kind of thought Michigan and that, that line play would uh, would roll with it, but I'm, I'm on your side now. I'm I'm taking Washington, and I'm not so sure like you that Washington doesn't win the game. Four and a half points. I'll take it with the Huskies, and uh, I'm kind of leaning in your favor. I won't be surprised when they win this football game. I think they're too fast. What's your feel, Chuck? Well, you guys scare me because you're saying pretty much the same thing I think. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, I just can't see Michigan scoring enough points to win the game. Yeah, I, I, I think. Uh, um, you know, I think Washington, if 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 they can hold up on their offensive line, they're going to score thirty. And I don't think Michigan can. Sean, you going to go on an island, or are you going to take the Huskies in this one? You know, I just I, I want to be opposite of you guys just because I want to. I'm not saying it's the smartest choice. I know. I'm with you. that's what I'm going to do. Well, so. and, and, Someone's got to be opposite. And Sean likes his khakis. So he's a hardball man because he likes his khakis. So. Well, you know. Hey, Arbaugh stepped his game up this year, man. He was like wearing some uh, stylish black <laughs> pants the other night. <laughs> Uh, the over, Chuck, you, you, you bring up something important with Michigan not having, again, the most potent offense this season. The over-under in this game is 55-and-a-half. I think that Washington wins, but I think it's the under in this game because I don't know if Michigan, can, again, can keep up the pace. So I'm going to go, despite Washington winning, I'm going to take the under in this one. I'm going to go with the over. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with the over. I, I think Michigan can score. Um, I don't think it's going to be much over, but I'll take the over. Yeah, I think it's like 35-24 or something. Would that be? Yeah, that'd be no, yeah, give me the over as well. Really? What do you think? What do you think? 55 and a half, Sean. That's combined points between both teams, Between right? both teams, it. yes. I, man, I think it's going to be a lot lower than that. I bet you guys are going to be – it's probably going to be like 14-7 to 7 at the end of the game. Okay. I think you're going to battle wow. it out hard. Low scoring affair. Yeah. All right. Well, I yep. guess Sean and Sean's I are going the under. Sean's going way under. Yeah. Going way over at this point. Yeah. All right. We're talking about the Dallas Cowboys earlier. They've got a chance to clinch the NFC East this weekend. They are third. They are double digit guy favorites on the road this weekend against Washington. Thirteen point favorites. Guys, Dallas wins, but they do not cover this 13-point spread, Tommy. They have not played well on the road. They are they are Jekyll and Hyde. Or, yeah, they are just not the same team when they go on the road. So I'm with you. I'll, I'll take Washington and the points. What happens this weekend, Chuck? 13 points. The Cowboys are going to blow them out. There it is. <laughs> it's going to be at least two touchdowns. The Cowboys and the points as they fit themselves for divisional championship rings. <laughs> wow, that's some confidence right there now. That is exactly what's going to happen, boys. Well, I'm going to jump on your band because every time I went against the Cowboys, it's 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 has not done well for me. So uh, let's go, Cowboys. All right. All right. How about them Cowboys, on the baby? Cow- on the Cowboys <laughs> train. Are you, are you a buyer in this Jimmy Johnson curse? Uh, finally getting the ring on. It lifts the curse that Ty was, was spewing earlier today. Are you, you in that's on that, Chuck? 
That's the first I've ever heard of anything like that. Well, he's back in the ring of honor. Now Dallas Cowboy fans can at some point celebrate another Super Bowl. Arkansas fans went through purgatory with their basketball team until we finally put Nolan's name on the court. Sure enough, you find yourself in Elite Eight, Elite Eight, and Sweet 16. Funny how that happens. The curse is over for all you Cowboy fans out there. I'm not one of you, but the curse is over. You're going to get a Super Bowl in the next five years. You don't think they can do it this year? We'll pin it. Why don't you pin it down? Yeah. Why don't you walk the plank? I'm not putting money on the fraud boys. The fraud boys this year. Dak Prescott has shown an inability on the road. Well, I think in the next, uh, you know, three presidential administrations, they'll win the Super Bowl. I mean, you take one. Step up here on a limb. Anybody can take that one. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua Sign Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So anytime you see a player leave a certain school, you always just wonder what was the reason. Some teams might think, oh, it just has to do with money. But I want you to listen to this clip that Tom Brady talking about teammates. Jackson Dart, Ole Miss starting quarterback, as soon as Quinshawn Judkins left, posted this yesterday. He was always like, man, if, if you're about yourself, you may be amazing. I would love to compete against you. <laughs> Go play for the other team. Because when you're around a bunch of selfish people, and I've been that. around those, yep. you know. God. I don't think I'm reading into that. I mean, that was directly posted after Judkins transferred yesterday. And guys, I wonder, like, coaches, again, he's got a pretty, at least according to Brad Crawford, 247 Sports, Michigan, Bama, Auburn, LSU, Florida State, and Oregon. I know sometimes going from one place to another, you change your, you change your tune a little bit. But if that's what the starting quarterback's talking about with a, a guy he knows pretty well at the running back position, are you, are you a little apprehensive if you're a head coach, maybe taking on a guy in Quinchon Jenkins? Well, I think you do have to make certain fit that you know that there is the fit, and you don't want a guy that's going to come in and you know suddenly disrupt your locker room. Uh, there's a fine line there that you know you have to walk as a coach, and he's a great player. There, there's no doubt about that. But here's one of the things that I think you have to look at. You have to consider in this. I I can assure you this was dealt with in his exit meeting uh, right after their, you know, last game or maybe even before the bowl game. They knew what he was going to do. That's why Kiffin wasn't even in town. I think if they wanted to stop him, they could have raised the money to stop him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes it's it's just a situation where you have to ask yourself, is this guy holding our whole team and our whole program hostage? And is he worth that? Sometimes the answer is yes. But in this case, the answer obviously was no. So that goes back to your question. You know, if you're a coach out there, 
yes, you have to consider all those things. Now, look, that may be a bad rap. I don't know Quinshawn Judkins. I don't know Jackson Dart. Um, people have said the same thing about Jackson Dart. So, you know, I don't know that he's right. I, I know Judkins is a good player. But I know what's distasteful about this is that a guy has a great year. It's not just at Ole Miss. It's happened in a lot of places. Guys have great years. First thing they do is basically become free agents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's what he's doing right now. He's trying to cash in. And you talk about locker room guy. I think, I think that's going to be a hotter discussion moving forward because of NIL and because of, I don't know if it's locker room jealousy or just the, the discussions. This is becoming more public what guys are getting. So if one guy's getting hundreds of thousands more than you, that's two lockers down, and you feel like, hey, I had a 1,500-yard year last year and 1,200 this year, I, I can see where the, where, the, where the frustration may boil over, and you could be labeled that guy when it becomes more about money. Because I don't think it's always just about the money, Ty. I think there's a feel particularly with people of a certain age, that if I'm not getting what the other guy's getting, you're disrespecting me. It's about the, the lack of respect. So it, mm-hmm. it, it festers into more than, than what it may be, but that's how it becomes perceived as he's a bad teammate when it's probably uh, going to be a bigger issue across all of college sports now because there is no e- equality, if you will, with, with the way the finances are handled. Well, one thing that we don't talk about enough is the general immaturity of these kids and 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 i'm not i don't mean that critically i was immature everybody's immature when they're 18 19 20 years old we're assuming we're hoping that a lot of these guys are getting financial advice who are they getting it from i mean who are they getting it from uh the schools are doing what they can but it's the people that are around them every day their family the folks that have been part of their lives from the beginning those are the biggest influences on them um so you know, it's um, – but somebody's going to get a good football player and they're just going to have to weigh whether or not the me attitude that is obvious now um, out, out outweighs – you know, if his ability outweighs all that. Mm-hmm. And if it does, then you sign him. And if it doesn't, you don't. You said something earlier this week, just the, the time – coaches don't really have time to fully get the backstory on football, basketball, or baseball players because of how quick the transfer portal process goes. Well, I think it's pretty obvious what kind of guy Judkins is. He's a great football player, and he's a me guy. And college sports is full of them now. And you've got to decide, again, is that guy good enough that you can go get a me guy Mm -hmm. for a year? Um, Sometimes the answer to that question is yes. And it may be in this instance. But sometimes the answer is going to be no, too. I think in like the injury situations, I think people just assume nowadays, whether it's right or wrong, right, when a guy is suiting or not suiting up for injury, that he could play through it, but he doesn't want to hurt his reputation. In some cases, that might be true. Some cases, that might be not. I, and this is not a shot at Nick Smith, but I had such a respect for Anthony Black last year because I felt that like A.B. consistently was playing through pain, paying through injury, and just gutted it out time and time again. I don't even know if he missed a game last year, and he probably could have. Um, and, and again, that's not a shot at Nick or anyone else, but I just feel like at times that people just assume nowadays that e- even a guy could be injured and physically can't play, that always just sitting out because he's trying to protect himself at this point. And we well, some guys do. Some guys do. Some mm-hmm. guys don't. Yeah. We don't, and, and, and then we don't value enough or appreciate enough a guy like Devo Davis who stays and doesn't put himself out there 
you know, at least publicly in the portal and seemingly fishing for the best offer and is a four-year guy. I mean, because I'm going to tell you what he's done is going to become the rarity where a guy goes and plays his full career at one place and is a contributor in all of those seasons. Well, it's going to have to be, uh, generally speaking, probably a home state guy. Right. Now, I love Devo, but if he'd had the opportunity to go pro, he would have gone pro. Mm -hmm. And uh, his NIL value, because of his personality, is always going to be greater here. Um, You know, when you talk about your value over the course of your life, um, his value here is always going to be greater than it is somewhere else. I do agree. It's going to be a rarity, and, and it's going to have to be one of those you know perfect storm situations. When I think, which I think in Devo's case, has you know that's that that's been the way it's been. And in terms of the the transfer portal right now and where it's currently constituted at, at this portion of the year, guys, I like it. I know coaches hate it, but we have this gap from. The conference championships, first week in December until the college football playoff semifinal. That will change this year. You'll basically have a gap from December 7th through, I guess, December 19th where you have bowl games in certain when you start that. But it's not, it's not good. College football is still in the center of the discussion. There's no gap because of the transfer portal at this point. And I also think that there's a possibility. I don't know how much of a change, but... The better teams will be in bowl games. They'll be preparing like that. The the teams that had bad years and stuff, like Arkansas, for example. Sam Pittman, I know he's had to deal with some coaching changes, but outside of that, he can solely focus on recruiting. He doesn't have to worry about bowl prep whatsoever. His sole focus is on recruiting right now. And I think that that little bit of extra time that he's probably given relative to other schools that are in bowl prep or war in bowl prep, I think that can help you in recruiting to a certain degree. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe. Um, I think winning games and being in bowl games helps you with recruiting more than anything. Um, you try to make the best of a bad situation. Um, but but there's there, there's no doubt having winning seasons and going to bowl games is your, you know, that's your, that's your best calling card. And college football is just taking some dominance in terms of the conversation nationally as well. Of course, it's going to take our conversation here locally. But if you listen to national radio shows these last few weeks, a lot of times they have let off segments and shows with something college football related. Like Quinshawn Judkins, again, like we're, we're discussing in this hour. That has been a national discussion as well. And I again, I think we, we've seen the ratings in college football that come out. It, the sport, despite pushback on NIL, despite pushback on the transfer portal and other things that have happened, guys, the sport is as strong as it's ever been in college football. Oh, it's strong right now. There's no doubt about it. I think the question is going to be moving forward, um, what happens beyond the 12-team playoff? I have no doubt that the 12-team playoff is going to be enormously popular. I mean, look at what's mm-hmm. happened just over the last two or three days. We've forgotten that every bowl game, for the most part, stunk. Right. Because the both playoff games were so good. Yeah. And we were so impressed with what we saw. We've forgotten about the fact that virtually all the other games were snoozers. And so um, I, I have no doubt that the 12-team playoff is going to be enormously popular. But I'm going to tell you, if these bowl games die... If there are, uh, if 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 you, you know, if you're not going to bowl games, if the only games that matter postseason are the playoff games, 
there's going to be a lot of fan bases that are going to be really disappointed and angry mm-hmm. at the end of every season because my suspicion is that five years from now we'll add up the numbers and a lot of these teams that are in the playoff the first year will be in the playoff most years. Yeah. And I'm not saying all of them, but I'll bet about half of them are. And if you don't have a game that's still as popular outside those 12, I don't know how it's going to go. So, yes, I, I, I think the big games are as popular as they've ever been. Different sport, but, but, but let me lay it out here. and you, you tell me, can you imagine college basketball's popularity today if the field had never expanded to 64 teams, if we still had a, you know, a 32 field or a 48 team field in college basketball, the the sport has grown, the popularity has grown, that event has made it popular. Um, well, here's the danger, degree, though, it, it, and you're you're narrowing this down. I know it's a third the size as far as schools, but you know, you you think about that. You know, you're you're basically. I'm with you, Chuck. The rest of these bowl games are meaningless and get no attention anymore and may die and go away, and you're going to have eight or ten games at the end of the year that that have all the attention and all the money. College basketball fights this, and it'll be a continual fight, that the only month that people really pay attention is March. Now, here and there, they'll look at games in the regular season, and if your team's good, you know, if you're into basketball and your team's good, you'll pay attention. But as far as the nation's concerned, it's a one-month sport. Mm-hmm. It's a th- it's 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 a four-week run, and my fear about college football is that over time, um, all that's going to matter is that twelve-team playoff in the month of December. That's all that's going to matter. Now, I think if your team's good, for example, and you got a big game, oh, that place will be full. It'll be just as big as it ever was. But if you're and I look at professional sports. A lot of these franchises that, you know, they might get in the postseason once every 10 or 15 years. You know, um, they might sniff the World Series or the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals. They might sniff that once every 15 or 20 years. But for the most part, they go into every season knowing exactly what's going to happen. You can't have that in college football. Or it, or it, or it will become a one-month run. Like, like like the NCAA basketball tournament has become. You've really got to be a college basketball fan. You've really got to be a college basketball fan, have an interest in a team, to watch a lot of games in January and February. But everybody's watching in March from coast to coast. Yep. Bowl season is essentially going to turn into the NIT next year. That's where we're at. Well, my, my point is, is that if all we focus on are the 12 teams in the playoff, and if we adopt some of these, you know, if, if, if we keep this attitude that, you know, six and six isn't worthy or seven and five isn't worthy, you ought to have to go eight and four to get to a bowl game. I'm just telling you, there are going to be a lot of fan bases that go many, 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 many years without postseason football. And that is not good for anyone. No, does not grow the sport. So what do you think? You can call our text this year on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, 877-377-6963. That's where Cody and Ben Bill is this morning. Cody, what's up, man? You got some thoughts on this? Yeah, hey, I heard your guys have been listening. And then I heard your wild take on the Cowboys to win a Super Bowl in four or five years. That was pretty funny, I thought, earlier. Way to go out on a limb, like <laughs> yeah. they said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh... I have two questions for you guys, and 
I'm all for the Rose Bowl. I love Pasadena. I think that's a beautiful area spot to play football. What a scene. And then some of those other spots, iconic. My thinking, though, is, so if the NFL is the most successful sports league there is in the entire world, right, as far as profitability goes, college, I think, at some point just adapts that. Because not only do you do the playoff system and then you have home field advantages, and then maybe you play your championship game at the Rose Bowl or something like that, which brings more school money to your school, actually, too. You know, so I, it makes a lot of sense on that on that piece to me, so I'd like to get your opinion on that, guys. But also, the whole junk and steal, you know, it popped in my head, and I'd like to hear your guys' opinion on this. In the NFL, you see those owners, and I don't know if it's really legal and if it's more so, we didn't do that, you keep your mouth shut, but there's a mutual agreement amongst everyone. I'm wondering if they put a cap on, at some point they put a cap on NIL because something's going to get out of hand, right? And then what's going to happen is, then you have that cap and players can only make so much, but you get situations like Junkins, things like that, to try to control the narrative as far as players transferring and things like that to where the ADs or the people over the decision-making for those schools and getting players, they kind of limit the ability to transfer in that situation because, I mean, to be honest with you, look at that situation. Ole Miss has done absolutely wonderful in the portal. And they've got all these players, and the junkets just right now decides to transfer. Um, to me, that's completely selfish. And college, and at that point, I finally given in and accepted that it's never going to be what I grew up watching. It is completely about individuals. There's no more team play, nothing like that. And that's a sad day. But I'm wondering how far we are away from the NFL concept, not only in playoffs but also the ability to control kind of what players do from team to team with that limit on the NIL, and then other teams saying, we're not going to deal with that. We're going to try to keep it this culture in the, in the collegiate athletics. I don't know if that's possible or if that will happen, but I just wanted to get y'all's idea. And thank you for your time, guys. Stay safe out there. Well, thanks. You're, you're, you're talking about collusion, you know, basically is what you're talking about. And um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know where this is going. I, I've heard people – suggest you know that congress should get involved in terms of an antitrust exemption uh like they give to some of the special or the professional sports leagues i do think that one of the things we have discovered at least i believe one of the things we've discovered is that um and i do think this will happen at some point these guys are just going to have to be paid by the school the idea that you can have an outside collective um, you know, when you do that, you're really not sharing in the television revenue. Players really are not sharing in the revenue that they helped create. Um, they're sharing in the revenue that people are willing to give, mm-hmm. you know, because these are these are separate. So I don't know what the answer is. I do agree that in terms of the competition, um, I do think we'll probably get to a point where you just rank the top 12 teams and away we go. Uh, because I, I think there's going to be a disparity in terms of conference champions. I think there'll be a debate. Um, I think what we saw from teams like Liberty and SMU, frankly, in the bowl season, you know, one of those teams that have been in the playoff, would be in the playoff, will be in the playoff. I think there's going to be an imbalance is what I'm trying to say. And so I do think at some point it'll it'll perhaps be more like the pros. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.